Today's Bible reading comes from Luke chapter 2. It is found in the page 1028 in the Blue Church Bibles, or you can follow it on the screens. Luke chapter 2, and we're reading from verses 41 to 52. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, but they were unaware of it. Thinking he was in their company, they travelled on for a day. Then they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favour with God and man. Well, thank you, David. Uh, Good morning, everyone. Uh, Thanks for having me back. Uh, My name's Tim. If I haven't met you before, it's great to be here at Trinity Church Mount Barker. Great to join you all again. Uh, Great to be here on this Sunday as well with you, Jamie. Uh, Congratulations. Hi. Uh, Well, as I mentioned last week, I was here over the last week at Cornerstone uh, just celebrating with a bunch of teenagers, 220 teenagers here on CE Senior Camp. And just for your encouragement, on New Year's Eve, uh, when the gospel was presented, when people were called to own their faith for themselves, 20 teenagers stood up and owned their faith for themselves, three of whom were from the Trinity Network. Uh, So I'm greatly encouraged. I want you to be greatly encouraged too. Thank you for sharing your space uh, with a bunch of teens. Well, as we get into it, how about I pray? Father God, thank you so much that you are a God who has spoken to us. We pray now as we hear your word, as we unpack it, you'll help us to hear you speaking. Help me to speak clearly. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, this morning I'm going to tell a story. I'm going to tell it three times. The first time, I want you to imagine it. You know, you can close your eyes if that helps, as long as you promise not to fall asleep. Uh, The second time, I want you to work hard to remember it. Because the third time, you're going to help me retell it. right, so imagining it the first time. Mary and Joseph were religious parents. Every year, they went to Jerusalem to the Passover festival and they brought their kids with them. 
each day their children would share in the feast of lamb and flatbread. They would share stories about God saving his people, Israel. And when it was all done, they'd pack up and go home. But this year, something went wrong. Jesus, a 12-year-old teenager, went walkabout. Mary and Joseph had no clue. They packed up and started going home with their extended family. They just assumed that like every other year, their son, Jesus, would be with his cousins. But then night came. They set up the tents and there was no Jesus. Mary and Joseph felt a little bit worried. So they went and checked in with everyone. No Jesus. Now they were really anxious. Mary and Joseph went back to Jerusalem and they searched everywhere. Every nook, every cranny. No Jesus. At last they went to the temple and there was Jesus. Sitting down. Calm. Talking with the religious leaders. Mary and Joseph's hearts were overwhelmed. Their emotions bubbled over. How could you do this to us? Mary asked him. Jesus was surprised at the question. He said, why were you looking for me? Of course I had to be in my father's house. Mary and Joseph were puzzled. What could he mean? Without another word of explanation, Jesus got up and went back with them to Nazareth. Jesus continued to grow up. Mary pondered over these things. After 12 years, Jesus was at last showing his relationship with God. Her son was the son of God. All right, that was the first time going through it. I hope you're able to imagine it. The second time, I want you to work hard to remember it because the next time, you're going to help me retell it. All right. Mary and Joseph were religious parents. Every year, they would go up to Jerusalem for the Passover festival and they brought their kids with them. Each day, their children would share in the feast of lamb and flatbread. They would share in the stories of God saving his people, Israel. And when it was all done, they would pack up and go home. But this year, something went wrong. Jesus, a 12-year-old tween, went walkabout. Mary and Joseph had no idea. They got together with all their family. They packed up and they started to go home with all their relatives. They assumed that just like every other year, Jesus would be in the party hanging out with his cousins. But then night came, they set up the tent, and there was no Jesus. They began to be worried. Mary and Joseph went and checked in with everyone. No Jesus. Now they were anxious. Mary and Joseph went back to Jerusalem and searched everywhere. Every nook, every cranny. No Jesus. At last they went to the temple. And there was Jesus, sitting down, calm, talking with the religious leaders. Mary and Joseph's hearts were overwhelmed. All their emotion began to bubble over. How could you do this to us? Mary asked him. Jesus was surprised by the question. Why were you looking for me? Of course I had to be in my father's house. Mary and Joseph were puzzled. What could he mean by this? 
Without another word of explanation, Jesus got up and went back with them to Nazareth. And Jesus continued to grow up. Mary kept pondering these things. After 12 years, her son was beginning to show the relationship he had with God. Her son was the son of God. All right, I hope you've remembered it. I hope you've got it really solidified. I'm going to leave a blank and ask you to fill it in. All right. So Mary and Joseph were religious parents. Every year they would go up to Jerusalem to the Passover festival. Excellent. Well done. Uh, They would take their kids with them. Their kids would share in the feast of, yep, lamb and flatbread every day. They would share stories about God saving his people, Israel. And then when it was all done, they'd pack up and go home. But this year, something went wrong. That's right. Jesus, a 12-year-old tween, went walkabout. Yep. Good job. Good job. Uh, And Mary and Joseph didn't know it. As per usual, they packed up. They, They started to head home. And they with all their extended family, and they just expected that Jesus would be running about with his cousins. But then night came. They set up the tent, and there was no Jesus. Mary and Joseph became worried. They checked in with all their family. No Jesus. Now they were really anxious. Mary and Joseph went back to Jerusalem and searched everywhere, every nook and cranny. No Jesus. At last they went to the temple. And there was Jesus, sitting down, calm, talking with the religious leaders. Good job. Mary and Joseph's hearts were overwhelmed. All their emotions bubbled over. How could you do this to us? Mary asked. Jesus seemed surprised by the question. He said, why were you looking for me? Of course I had to be in my father's house. Mary and Joseph were perplexed. What could he mean? Without another word of explanation, Jesus got up and went home with them to Nazareth. He continued to grow up. Mary pondered all these things. After 12 years, her son was at last showing what kind of relationship he had with God. Her son was the son of... Excellent. Give yourselves a pat on the back, you know, or a pat on the head if it feels better, or a pat on the person next to you's face. Um, look, that's just a quick way of getting through that passage that we just looked at. I'd love to invite you now. Turn to the person next to you or the people around you. What did you like about the story? Just, just talk about it. Take 30 seconds. What did you like about it?
Sorry to interrupt. Uh, what did you like? Shout it out. Or do, say what the person next to you liked, if that feels easier. What did you like about the story? Yep. <laughs> yep, yep. Might have been a little bit of a stress. <laughs> yep. Yep. None of us have ever done that, right? Yeah. Excellent. Great. Uh, we can continue having those sorts of conversations a little bit later on over morning. See, now I want you to turn to the same people and say what questions the story raised for you. Uh, what, what questions did you have from the story? Go for it. All right, sorry to interrupt again. Uh, what questions do we have? What questions kind of came out to you from the story? Yeah, yeah, yep. What was Jesus talking about with the religious leaders? What questions was he asking? What questions were they asking him? What was, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. How much was Jesus kind of aware of who he was and what what God had called him to do, what God had planned for him? Yeah, yeah. Was Jesus disobedient? Yeah, good question. Excellent. Well, I'm sure there's plenty more questions. Hopefully we'll get to cover some of them as we go through this. Uh, So let's dive in. If you've got your Bibles there, uh, page 1028, great place to be. Well, last week we saw how Jesus was a busy baby, a baby boy growing up in a religious family. Well, here we see again that Jesus' family is religious and is eager to honor God. I mean, let's, let's look again at verses 41 and 42. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. When he was 12 years old, they went up to the festival according to the custom. Every year, the family would go to Jerusalem for the Passover festival, for the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Now, these were important Jewish feasts, reminders of God saving his people, Israel, out of Egypt, as recorded back in the book of Exodus. Now, Mary and Joseph were religious. And mixed in with this religious practice is a time of celebration. It's the big family trip. It's the family vacation. Uh, With all the extended rallies gathering together, with great joy, with delight. It's like the annual family gets together on Christmas. There's food, there's drink. There's naps, there's stories to share. And it's all around a celebration of God's saving work in our world. Now, of course, as we heard in this passage, 
uh, this particular Passover festival, the family trip goes a little bit wrong. The 12-year-old Jesus doesn't go back home with mum and dad. Now, as an older sibling, I'm always responsible. I have always been the, the good child, you know. Um, well, not quite. But I don't remember ever running away. Way back when there were payphones out in every street corner, there was one day when I was walking home from school where I actually called mum on the home number to say, hey, I'm on my way home. You know, I was, I was responsible. But my brother, on the other hand, uh, back when he was four or so, we were in Kmart, you know, doing a bit of shopping, getting clothes, and he just disappeared. Uh, and he didn't respond to any of the calls over the intercom. You know, mum and dad were getting quite anxious. They were freaking out. Where was he? Was everything okay? Did they need to shut down and lock down the store to make sure he didn't get out? Um, did someone take him? About 15 minutes later, a worker found him napping under one of the clothes racks, just kind of lying down. But man, for those 15 minutes, mum and dad were worried. Maybe some of you have stories like that. Uh, a few guilty looks in the room, I can see. Oh, that's exactly how Mary and Joseph must have felt. It's not like they were super relaxed, free-range parents. When roll call came at dinner and bedtime, they fully expected Jesus to be with them. Where could he be? So Mary and Joseph searched everywhere for Jesus. And eventually they found him hanging out at the temple. Please look with me at verses 46 to 48. After three days, they found him in the temple courts, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. So here's Jesus, sitting in the temple courts. Now Jesus really owns this religious practice of his parents for himself. And he doesn't just get dragged with mum and dad to the Passover. He doesn't just reluctantly sit there and grumble the one-word answers to the Passover questions. He's asking his own questions. He's engaging with these teachers of the law, these religious leaders. Now, as a quick aside, I think this is a great affirmation of youth and kids' ministry. Now, being a youth pastor, I'm a bit biased. But I can't get past the fact that Jesus, a tween, is engaged with. His questions are taken seriously by the adults. His answers are taken seriously. He is a real child of God with real questions. So for everyone here at Trinity Church Mount Barker who serves in kids or youth ministry, thank you so much. Thank you for serving in this way. But what we see here is that it's not just an official ministry for people just doing kids and youth. It's for everyone in the community of faith. It's for everyone. As a community, we are all involved in teaching and mentoring and caring for our young people. Helping them to belong, helping them to own their faith for themselves. Have you ever thought about it like that? Just think, for three days, with Je Jesus wasn't with his parents or relatives. Who fed him? Where did he sleep? The Bible doesn't actually tell us that, but my hunch is that he was embraced by this wider community of faith. So if you're a member here at Trinity Church, who could you be caring for? How can you be shaping the lives of the youth and the kids here as members of this church? Now we made a commitment just moments ago to support Jamie, to embrace him as a member of this church. How can we be doing that? How can we be living that out? Anyway, back to the story. What I find really interesting in this story 
is that Jesus is talking with the religious leaders, asking them questions. I mean, what questions was he asking? What did he want to know? At the very least, we see that he wants to learn more. He wants to find out more about the matter of the faith. And we see that he shows insight in his answers as well. Now, I don't know about you, but for me, I find it so encouraging that Jesus didn't come ready-made with you know, several PhDs. He came having to learn, having to ask questions, having to read books. Now, if Jesus had to read, had to learn to know the things of God, surely we do too. You know, maybe you're still shaping your New Year's resolutions or your New Year's goals. Why not, why not make some of them reading good Christian books? And why not make some of them re- joining book clubs, reading together with other Christians, or listening to podcasts, or, or studying at Bible college, taking a night class? And get to know God better. Read. Learn. Ask questions. Join a home group if you're not a part of a home group. And come along to, to Life Explored if you're just finding out for the first time. Get to know God. Get to to learn, ask the questions that you have. I mean, whether you're here today at Trinity Church identifying as a Christian or not, grow in your knowledge. Ask questions and get to know God. So anyway, here Mary and Joseph found Jesus sitting in a temple court asking questions and giving answers to questions. And they really are taken aback, aren't they? They feel betrayed. How could you? I mean, you know, the, the tension we all feel here. Is Jesus disobedient? Is Jesus being rebellious? Well, as far as Jesus is concerned, no. He hasn't been rebellious at all. Instead, he works hard to honor his father, God, as well as Mary and Joseph as his parents. Please look with me at verse 49. Why were you searching for me, he asked. Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? As far as Jesus is concerned, this is the logical place for him to be. This might sound a bit on the nose to us, uh, but it's actually a respectful answer. It's not, screw you, mom, or you'll never understand me. No, he is honest and gentle. Didn't you know that I had to be in my father's house? It's also a bit of a slight reminder to Mary about who Jesus is. Yes, he is legally Joseph's son, as Joseph is his adopted father but he is truly God's son. Now, it's a bit easy for us to you know, gloss over this, you know, but we need to give Mary and Joseph a little bit of credit here from their confusion. I mean, for us in Luke's gospel, it's been only a page turn to see God's amazing promises tied up in Jesus, in this baby who grew up. You know, we don't have to go too far back to see God's amazing promises, to see angels singing praises about who Jesus is, to see prophets and prophetesses speaking amazing words about Jesus. But for Mary and Joseph, it's been at least 10 years of normal life since God has spoken to them directly about Jesus. It's a long time. It's pretty understandable that Mary and Joseph may have practically forgotten that Jesus was God's son. You know, they, didn't, they knew it somewhere back there, but they just kind of practically forgot. Now, kind of like how a few years back, South Australia just conveniently forgot that Tasmania was a part of Australia. You know, we, we kind of knew it, but we just conveniently forgot. And it's not in a malicious way, just in a kind of, it slipped our minds way. See, Jesus knew that he had to be in his father's house. 
even though Mary and Joseph were a bit lost over Jesus' relationship with God his Father, he was not. He knew where he had to be, in God's house. Even as a 12-year-old, pre-pupescent boy, Jesus knew who he was. He knew that he was the divine Son of God. Which makes what happens next even more incredible. You look with me at verse 51. You read it there. He went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. He went to Nazareth with Mary and Joseph. He was obedient to them. He submitted to them. Even knowing that he was the divine son of God, even knowing that his parents should rightfully be bowing down to him and worshipping him, even knowing that he had a mission from God to save this world, even knowing all that, he went home with mum and dad and he obeyed them. He did the dishes, even when it wasn't his turn. He made his bed. He cleaned the workshop. Jesus lived out all the duties and responsibilities as Mary and Joseph's son and as God's son. So the kids in the room, anyone under 18, anyone living at home with mum and dad, are you obedient to mum and dad? Now, I don't want to pretend that it's always easy, especially when they don't understand what it's like to face the pressures you face today in school and in friendships and in trying to become TikTok famous at last. I get it. But Mary and Joseph really didn't get Jesus, did they? So where do you need to submit to mum and dad? Maybe it means not grumbling when they ask you to do something. Maybe it means discussing with them as an adult why you don't agree with their advice rather than just ignoring them and blowing them off. Maybe it means saying sorry for being rebellious. And for all of us, though, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you call yourself a Christian, then you are an adopted child of God, which means that you also have two competing responsibilities. You have responsibility to God as your father and to your parents, whatever your family looks like. And if we take Jesus as an example, it means we ought to be intentionally obedient to God and our biological parents, doesn't it? We don't have the time here and now to talk through all the different situations we could be in. But perhaps over morning tea or on the drive home, you could talk about what this looks like. What it looks like to obey and submit if you've got aging parents. Or if you've got parents who aren't Christians. Or if you've got parents who have been abusive. Which, to make it quite clear, the Bible doesn't call us to be doormats who enable abuse. What does it look like for us to honor our parents and to honor God as well? Dare I say it, why not actually talk to your parents about it? Whatever age and stage you're at, why not ask them, how can I honor you? Get the dialogue going. So Jesus goes back to Nazareth. And after this event, we get the summary verse about Jesus growing up again. Please look with me at verse 52. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus kept growing up. Jesus, God's son. Jesus, the God-man. He went through puberty. He got a squeaky voice. He got a beard. He had pimples. He had testosterone surging through him. He might have used too much Lynx Africa body spray. I mean, have you ever thought about him like that? 
God gets what it's like to grow up. What it's like to go through puberty. I mean, the author of Hebrews reflects on all the events of Jesus' life and puts it like this. In Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17, uh, which I think will be up on the screen. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Jesus was made like us in every way. God gets what it's like to grow up. Like us in every way. I mean, God had to put on extra layers when it was cold. God got sleepy. God got annoyed at traffic and just wanted to get away from it all. God was tempted to sin. Jesus watched friends and family die and grieved. Jesus dealt with natural disasters in his country, man-made and natural. He was tempted to distrust God as his father. He was tempted to believe that God didn't have his best interests at heart. He gets what it's like to be human. He is a sympathetic savior. Which means that whatever you're going through, even if other people don't understand it, God gets it. He gets what it's like to be a human in our brokenness, in our fragility. Isn't that awesome? God gets it. So where do we go from here? Where do we go with all these stories we've had about Jesus growing up in Luke chapter 2? Well, I think for us, we ought to be like a Tolkien character. We need to be like Gollum. Not in a loincloth kind of way, power to you if you feel that comfortable. No, in the Lord of the Rings movies, Gollum frequently thinks about the ring. His mind keeps returning to it. My precious. He ponders the ring all the time. Well, what does this have to do with us? What does this have to do with Jesus? Well, it's exactly what Mary does in response to Jesus. See, like Mary through Luke 2, we get to be bystanders to the amazing promises and signs that God does in Jesus. We get to see him grow up. We get to see him praised and worshipped and celebrated. Mary's response to them is to ponder, to treasure up these things said about Jesus in her heart, to pray, to study him and the things said about him deeply. And so for us, whether you're like Mary in these events, just hearing and seeing these things about Jesus for the first time, whether you've heard these things many, many times before, be like Gollum. Let's ponder these things deeply. Watch Jesus' life. Watch him grow up. Read a gospel like the rest of the gospel of Luke. See this divine man, this son of God. See this man who is worth following. See Jesus for yourself. And if you're in that boat, don't leave here today without telling someone whether you want to write it down on those slips and that Mark mentioned earlier or whether you want to come and chat to me or Mark or, or anyone you've seen at the front or the person that invited you, please don't leave here today without getting to know Jesus better. Let's talk to God. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that Jesus was a teenager. Thank you that we can see his life on display. 
Help us to follow him. Help us to ponder more and to learn more about Jesus, the human, divine Son of God. Help us to ponder his life in our hearts. In his name we pray. Amen.